Welcome to Talking Supply Chain. In each episode, top supply chain industry professionals and the nation's top thought leaders join host Brian Strait and share their unique insights to help supply chain managers stay one step ahead of their competition. This is Talking Supply Chain. Hello, and welcome to this episode of Talking Supply Chain. My name is Brian Strait, and I'm Editor-in-Chief of Supply Chain Management Review, and I'll be your host for today's episode. Back in 2002, Billy Bean was General Manager of the Oakland Athletics baseball team, and he incorporated a data-driven approach to measuring and acquiring players. His approach was immortalized in the Michael Lewis book, Moneyball, The Art of Winning an Unfair Game and was eventually made into an award-winning movie that many of you may have already seen. More than 20 years later, though, measuring performance is no longer just a fascination of the sports world, but it's now being incorporated by businesses around the world. In November, Supply Chain Management Review published an article titled, Get Measurement Right to Solve Supply Chain's Toughest Challenges. I was fascinated by the topic, and, and not just because I'm a sports nut and, and I followed analytics in sports, but I, I quite honestly didn't understand that measurement was not a go-to for everyone in the business and it wasn't being done correctly in all cases. So I asked two of the authors of that piece to join me today and discuss the topic. I'd like to welcome Stan Fawcett and Mike Kniemeyer to this, this episode. Welcome to you both. Thank you. It's great to join you today. Thanks, Brian. We're looking really forward to this conversation. Great. I'm, I'm glad to have you guys here. Um, to get started, could you guys briefly introduce yourselves, who you are, and what you, what you do to our audience? Uh, hi, my name is Stan Fawcett. I am a member of the Logistiken Steyer team at the University of Applied Sciences in Upper Austria and Chief Engagement Officer of Engage2E. And uh, what do we do? We do all things supply chain related, especially as it uh, touches on the, the idea of how do we work together to create greater value. Mike? Yeah, I'm Mike Kniemeyer. I'm a professor of logistics here at the Fisher College of Business at uh, The Ohio State University. Uh, and really, again, excited to be here for the conversation. Great. Great. Thanks. Well, again, welcome to you both. Um, in my intro, I gave you the example of Moneyball, which uh, many of our American audience is probably familiar with. Um, in the article that you guys wrote, you you give a few different sports examples. And, and the first one you very you used was the British Olympic cycling team. To get started and kind of introduce this topic a little bit, can you explain why you chose that particular team to illustrate your concept of, of getting measurement right for businesses? Thank you, Brian. That's a great question. Uh, really, the goal that we had was to call out and illustrate the power of getting measurement right. And the British cycling teams offered us two good, two appropriate things that made them a great fit. First, they have a 100-year track record of futility. Uh, long stretch of time, doing everything they could find to be successful, and they couldn't win the gold or the yellow jersey in the Tour de France. So that track record of futility was important. And second, as I mentioned, they tried everything. They invested in technology. They tried the newest, uh, coolest training programs. Uh, and it didn't work. So they've got this track record. They've been investing. And now what happens? Uh, Brailsford joins the team as the manager. He introduces this new idea of the aggregation of marginal gains. And within just a couple of years, the team starts winning gold. So from no luck to being on the stage winning gold, and having measurement be at the heart of how they made the transformation, 
that made the British cycling teams a fascinating story to get us started. Yeah, when Stan uh, speaks of futility, I, I kind of uh, naturally go to my uh, beloved Cleveland Browns here in Ohio. Um, and, and very similar to the British cycling team, they, they've turned to measurement to find solutions for their poor performance uh, in the highly competitive NFL. Uh, you think back to 2016, they hired Paul De Podesta, who had worked for the Oakland A's, and you mentioned uh, the Moneyball uh, early in the introduction. And, uh, you know, uh, Paul De Podesta's brought... Uh, a measurement uh, culture to the Browns, and hopefully that's going to translate into some improved performance in their processes and the people, and hopefully a Super Bowl at, at some point in their future. Uh, it, is, it isn't easy. You know, measurement alone won't get them there, but measurement is a, a foundational capability for success. Yeah. So transitioning uh, sports, I, I mean, I could do a whole podcast on sports. I'd, I'd be thrilled to do that. And, and we can discuss the your Browns versus my Patriots if you want at some point. But uh, um, you, you, you talked about marginal gains um, for decades. And, and in the article, you noted that supply chain management has been seeing marginal gains for, for decades. But at the same time, most supply chain leaders don't aren't getting the measurement part of this right. So if my question, I guess, is if we've been using measurement for years and we've been seeing these marginal gains, why would you suggest now that these professionals are not, they're misunderstanding how to use it or they're not getting it correct at this point still? Uh, that, that's a great question. So let me address the marginal gains first and then let's talk about measurement. And we do note that supply chain is very familiar with marginal gains. Uh, the philosophy behind marginal gains, that of seeking small continuous improvement has been part of the supply chain practice. Uh, going back to the introduction of uh, just-in-time or lean management back in the 1980s. So we've been pursuing these little gains, this continuous improvement for years. Uh, but what we've missed is a, a true understanding of how important measurement is and what we should measure. So even though we've proliferated, used more and more measures, we're often not measuring the right things in the right ways. And as a result, we often fail to get where we want to go. And you, when you think about, you know, Lean Six Sigma and, and how prolific that's become, it doesn't always mean uh, that we get measurement right, even though we, we bought into that philosophy. You know, it's really critical for supply chain managers to understand that there is a connection between strategy, measurement, and ultimately performance. And that measurement part of this is a real key linkage between strategy and performance. Strategy should be informed by our data, you know, uh, to help us figure out what is the best strategy, but also drive what you measure. And, you know, that measurement is what enables performance. It defines the targets we're going after. It identifies what works and what doesn't work in our processes. And it provides visibility that motivates the people that make our strategy come to life. Yep. And, and you mentioned data, just to follow up there. Uh, I, I, as you were mentioning that, I, I hear the question for so many people I hear, it's like, we just have so much data, we don't know what to do with it, uh, kind of thing, right? So, I mean, same, same kind of thing, right? It's parsing it, measuring it, understanding what it is and why you have it, you know, as part of this process. Exactly. And, you know, and, and I think I'm, I'm the same way. I hear from lots of companies that uh, the access to the data has not been the issue in, in recent times. It's really, how do you use that data? Um, you, you guys wrote about uh, data, speaking of data, um, we, we've seen data explode in the industry and, and you compared it to fantasy sports um, at one point, which obviously for us sports fans, um, big deal these days, right? And, um, 
fantasy sports really in the last several years has really become mainstream. And, it, you know, it's been around for a long time. I mean, I don't know, 20, 25 years fantasy sports have been around, but it wasn't very popular. And in the early days, it was, I hate to say this, but it was quote unquote for the data nerds, right? The guys who really understood the data, really understood the underlying um, data points that guide these players. So when you guys talked about the fantasy sports, you compared it, you kind of compared it to a, a data expert and, and they are now able to pick winning teams because the data is understandable. It's easier to use. It's easier to understand. So we, we play, we play fantasy sports because of it. from a business perspective, kind of the same thing for supply chain managers, right? The data now is, is so popular, but you don't need to be a data expert to be able to use this at this point. Is that correct? Yeah, it's definitely correct. And uh, unfortunately I'm, I'm somebody with a, a fantasy football team that didn't make the playoffs <laughs> recently. So I'm, may, I'm maybe not in the best position to comment <laughs> on this. Mine squeaked in at the last, <laughs> the last day last night I squeaked in. So <laughs> mine missed by a, by a game, but um, you know, like, like, like fantasy sports managers, supply chain managers don't, don't necessarily need to be data experts. However, you know, two things come to mind when I think about, you know, a supply chain manager in this data rich world, first of all, you know, you got to be able to effectively communicate with those people in your organization and outside of your organization that are the data experts, you know, those third party providers or those data scientists within your organization, that, that that's their role, you know, and, and being able to articulate the processes and the, and the people decisions and the problems that we face as supply chain managers becomes very important because that drives their activities and try to find data driven insights that can help us and it builds trust between the two the two parties the second thing i think about is that you know as a supply chain manager we got to resist the temptation uh to to mine the data for never-ending set of metrics and and you know, it kind of goes back into that last conversation we just had you know there is so much that we can measure now and so much data that we can look at you know we need to make sure we're focusing in on identifying and measuring what is critical for translating our strategy into superior performance. You know, complex measurement muddles more than it informs. You know, measure what really matters. Yeah, yeah. So with all this data in hand, um, and, and this is the big picture question I think here, um, and going back to your the original premise of getting measurement right, how do we do that? Brian, thanks for asking that question. And, and let me just come back. You know, we've worked with a ton of companies over the years uh, and, uh, in working with them, we figured out that, you know, if companies get three things right, they tend to be more successful. And those three things became part of what we call the measurement playbook. Uh, and those three things are the key roles that measurement performs. Uh, the first two, to create understanding and to motivate behavior, really focus on what we measure. So when Mike says, uh, measure what really matters, uh, what understanding do we need, and what behavior are we looking for is going to have a huge influence on what we measure. The third play in the measurement playbook is all about driving results. This focuses on how we measure. Um, so let me comment on understanding and behavior, and Mike will tackle results. So. When done correctly, uh, and measurement, Mike has gone back and forth about the link between strategy and measurement, measurement and performance. When done correctly, measurement helps managers understand what the market needs, 
what customers are willing to pay for, what the competitive dynamics look like. It also helps them understand how, and this is critical, how and how well their processes are performing, how well their processors are creating value. And this understanding is critical to making good decisions, big at the strategic level and small day-to-day operating decisions. Uh, And one of the challenges we have found is, is companies often aren't connected to this understanding. So this is where we start. If we don't understand our systems, uh, we can't manage them to create superior value. Uh, second point about what we measure is all about behavior. There's an old saying uh, that when you measure, hope for A, but measure B, uh, you're always going to get B. So measuring A while hoping for B is truly uh, a folly. Uh, I think it's said a little more easily, what gets measured gets done. The saying may be trite, but it's true. Uh, measurement influences behavior. So, in fact, in the classroom as professors, we see this all the time. The students pick up the syllabus. The first thing they look for is how much work is there? And second, how am I going to be graded? Uh, and if we try to accomplish something that isn't part of the measurement system, it's not going to work in the classroom and it doesn't work in the boardroom either. So we really need to make sure our measures are aligned with what we're trying to do because measurement speaks louder than words. We often talk about it this way, Brian. The idea is that you can get the strategy right, you can hire the right people, you can provide the right training, but at the end of the day, if your measurement is wrong, you undermine all of those other things. So measurement may be the most important thing we do as managers. Yeah, and when you talk about those measurement systems leading to results, you know, measurement systems, coaches, professors, um, you you know, we all perform similar roles. You know, we're constantly assessing uh, the performance results of our teams, of our students, of our players. We're trying to figure out, you know, what's working, what isn't working. Um, how do we correct if th- for things that aren't uh, delivering the results that we expect? We need to provide leadership on how to, to make those improvements if needed, how to change the processes, how to motivate the people. Uh, and by using measurement effectively, supply chain managers can provide you know, timely, fact-based feedback that really enables those processes and people to deliver superior results. You know, and, and, and giving uh, you know, our people the opportunity to make needed adjustments when things aren't really going as planned. Yeah, I, I think, I just want to say, I think you guys perfectly summed up my college experience. <laughs> in there. So I, I've, I've now, as, you, as you're talking, I've now figured out why it was I was not successful in college. <laughs> but uh, um, digging into the, the last part of this a little bit on the measuring accurate, accurately to enable timely action kind of approach here. Um, going back to the sports example, there is no shortage of data available in sports today. Um, yet we continually see teams that fail. Um, they have this long history of not succeeding. And, you know, what are they doing differently than others, for instance, right? So I, I think if it was as simple as just using the data correctly, then we would all know what that looks like and we would all win. <laughs> but that doesn't happen in sports and it doesn't happen in business either. Um, some businesses are more successful than others. So 
a kind of two-part question here for you guys. Um, how do we ensure that what we're measure that we are measuring the right data, and then doing it correctly on top of that? Well, Brian, I thought you weren't going to bring up my Browns until after, after the <laughs> podcast, but you, you're, you're hitting it on the on the head, right? You know, because because measurement really is is only part part of the story, um, but it is a, a very important part of that story. You know, supply chain managers need to measure data that is relevant uh, for successfully implementing. Uh, their organization strategy. Uh, and you know this entails both using appropriate data to inform the strategy, but also utilizing data-driven insights uh, that are needed to execute and support actions um, that bring that strategy to life and makes that strategy uh, successful. You know, the data being measured needs to be accurate. It needs to be timely. And, and by being both of those things, it builds confidence um, of, of the organization that we're going to be uh, making the right choices and executing the right decisions. Without this trust, you know, measurement can be viewed as both superficial and, and punitive. And, and if you're, you know, viewed as that, uh, it's going to be very difficult to be a success. And Brian, yeah, I like how you talk about if we all just use the data, we should all win. Um, and, and, you're, and we're kind of dancing around in a very important point. Not every team brings the right scheme or the right talent to win. Uh, I lived in Michigan for a time, but I was always a Chicago Bulls fan, uh, which didn't quite work just down the road from the Detroit Pistons. Uh, but Bill Jackson was famous for bringing a scheme, the triangle offense. He also had the right players, Michael Jordan, Scottie Pippen, to execute that. Uh, companies don't just need the right strategy and the right talent to win. If they have both, fantastic. Getting measurement right enables them to make the adjustments, to customize, to get the right strategy, build the right capabilities, execute on a day-to-day -day basis. So it's really all about a comprehensive system. Comprehensive measurement strategy creates the understanding, drives the behavior, and enables the execution that lets some teams just plain outperform others who aren't putting all three together. And if you don't get all three together at the same time, it's just hard to win, whether in sports or in business. Yeah, and that, that that's a good point. And, and I, I think it ties in, I think, to the follow-up question I want to ask on this topic um, is that you, you need to have everything in place at once, right? It, it, but so I guess the, the natural follow-up to me is that if you believe you have these things, you have the data right, and, and, and we actually get these things correct, right? How do we then incorporate that into the decision making that we go through every single day? Well, you know, one one idea that um, I've been ex recently exploring with supply chain managers is is how do we ensure that we have clarity on decision making rights within our organizations? You know, what what decisions need to be made? Um, who is ultimately responsible for making a particular decision? Who inside and outside our organization in our supply chain are contributing to to that decision? Um, how do we ensure that, you know, that they're not only are the right things being measured, but the insights from these measurements are effectively getting in, getting to the appropriate people at the appropriate time so that they can make a, a, a timely decision and make a, hopefully a, an effective decision. And, and, and the challenge is that we have this, this interconnected system of decision making. And if there's any disconnects, you know, uh, the opportunities made possible through measurement may be missed. You know, I think Mike nailed it there. We come across 
companies all the time where the company has the measures, but the person who needs access to the information doesn't have access to the information. Or somebody in the organization says, I'm going to give you all of this information. And the person receiving it looks at it and says, wow, there's so much. I don't know what to do. So there's some information paralysis that can take place in today's information saturated world. I think one of the keys to closing this gap is to make sure we get the right training so we get everybody on the right page about what is needed, who needs it, when they need it. Uh, and this coordination and training is a great opportunity for companies to think about to get everybody on the same measurement page. Yeah. Yeah. And, and we, we've, you guys have talked a lot. We've talked uh, some data, some sports. I love it. Um, getting sports involved in anything, but, um, and the, going back to the article, um, that was in our November issue, um, that I mentioned, you gave some examples of companies, um, some companies that did it right it seemed to have gotten it right amazon for instance and some that maybe didn't hit the mark quite right when they did it either and, and procter and gamble was an example you used there um can you share why you think like one of those companies like amazon succeeded and, and one didn't so let me just comment on the structure of the article is we, we talked about each play in the playbook and then we provided a, a success example and what we call a failure example. So uh, you're picking out the Amazon Procter & Gamble. That was our discussion of how measurement contributes or detracts from our managerial understanding. Uh, what made the big difference between Amazon and P&G? Uh, under Jeff Bezos, Amazon was famous for playing the long game. And the long game had been a big part of P&G under A.G. Lafferty's leadership. But after A.G. Lafferty left, uh, dynamic changed at P&G. And P&G let itself get caught up in the short game. So the big picture is one's playing the long game. And from understand the understanding perspective, you need to play the long game. Uh, so specifically at Amazon, Bezos always emphasized two questions. Everything that they had this thing called the Amazon flywheel. And everything in the flywheel came down to if we do this or if we're thinking about this, how does it influence costs and how does it impact delivery speed and reliability? A very strong customer focus. And every decision was viewed from these perspectives. And the question was asked, how do we measure these things? So Amazon built the measurement system to always stay focused on lowering costs, and delivery, delivering faster and more reliable than anybody else. Amazon refused to sacrifice insightful measurement on the altar of easy measurement. And it transformed an organization over 20 years uh, in an amazing way. At P&G, I mentioned A.G. Lafley. His focus was on innovation. Early in the 2000s, he said, we're getting most of our innovation from our innovation team. We need to change that. And we don't just want everybody in P&G to contribute to our innovation. We need to get innovation from outside the four walls of the organization. His goal was to get 50% of all new innovative ideas from outside. He knew that if we're going to get the, our customers and our suppliers and others to share their best ideas with us, and he used the P&G Connect and Development Program to do this, then he needed to win their trust. 
He said, P&G must be the most trusted company in the industry. Well, what was the result? Lapley's strategy was hugely successful. The innovation success rate went up 2x, even as R&D investment declined by 30%. That's a pretty amazing track record. Sadly, after Lafley left the company, uh, competitive pressure led to a shift in mindset. P&G decided that by playing the short game, by putting Dell's old cash-to-cash metric and model to work, they could free up some cash flow. And the reality is by shifting their supplier payment from 45 to 75 days, they freed up $2 billion. Uh, some of it went to R&D, some of it went to factory, uh, a lot of it went to stock buybacks, uh, but at what cost? Uh, how do suppliers respond to this? Uh, the decision is relatively new, the jury is still out, but history shows that when you change the rules like this on suppliers, when you start to treat them uh, in a way they feel isn't fair, they start taking their best ideas uh, to your competitors instead of to you. Yeah, Stan, Sam points out a real key lesson for, for supply chain managers. Uh, you, you need to use measurement to help you manage your business, not the other way around. You know, too, too often we see uh, decisions being made to, to go after a desired metric or re reach a certain metric, but in doing so, the company is actually put in a, in a worse competitive position. You know, measurement should be driving a culture of innovation and creativity in pursuit of a, a defined strategy not becoming something you know people view as an afterthought or or somehow is disconnected from from that uh, strategic initiatives that you you have in place you know data should be used to identify carrots of opportunity not not be some stick to, to punish poor performance yeah and that's that's an excellent point and and it leads me to my next question which is another example and, and there are many examples in the article um, from many companies i just picked out a couple here to discuss um we don't have time to get into all of them unfortunately but uh this other company that I wanted to get to um, was an example, and it, it ties exactly, I think, what you're saying there, and, and that is Patagonia. Um, you wrote in the article, you know, quote, employees work with managers to define how they will help Patagonia achieve year-end goals. Having agreed to year-end targets, employees set and share their own quarterly stretch goals. They enlist managers and other resources to help deliver to promise. So to me, this sounds like, hey, let's use data and then let's manage people too, and, and, right? Which I, which I think is pretty novel in some ways, right? Unfortunately. Um, yeah, unfortunately. So um, by all accounts, as me reading this as an outsider, and obviously I know how successful Patagonia has been as a company, um, it seems like they've gotten this combination correct and, and right. So why have they been able to get it right? Well, if you, if you think about it, you know, engaging and enabling people in your organization is, is almost always a, a winning formula. Uh, you know, measurement can really enliven and reinforce uh, this 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 culture of engagement um, and, and empowerment. You know, so at the heart of Patagonia's culture is the desire to take take a systems perspective. You know, understanding their business is, is interconnected with other other entities and other you know the different areas of their business are interconnected, and openly and honestly learn from mistakes and live up to commitments. You know, so by sharing, you know, the employees sharing their stretch goals across their organization and getting feedback on those goals, getting getting advice on those goals, uh, it really reinforces this culture uh, that they're committed to, uh, and in this belief that you know the sum is greater than the parts. So asking for and giving feedback has become the norm, and, and it really strengthens their culture of seeking out uh, collaborative improvement. 
you know, Patagonia as an approach measurement in their own way. You know, and I think this way demonstrates a real belief in the people and processes they have in place to support them becoming the, the type of company that they, they strive to be. Uh, let me just add one thought to that. You know, Patagonia is a unique organization. They believe they have brought in unique people who are vested and really uh, aligned with Patagonia's goals. So when Patagonia reimagined its measurement system, it evolved the measurement system to invite its employees to pursue their passion. At the same time, it held them accountable to deliver the promise. Uh, but it did so without being punitive. Uh, three questions really make the system work. And in their quarterly reviews, uh, managers start by asking, well, what happened? Um, and then depending on what happened, it, that might be good, it might be bad. They may be close to goals, they may not be. Uh, the key follow-up question is, well, what did you learn? And what's next? Uh, Using measurement in this way, everybody's guided. Uh, they're encouraged to try new things. Um, they're allowed to make mistakes, which happens when you try new things. But what did you learn and what's next demands excellence. Uh, we invite you to make mistakes, but don't make the same mistake twice. Learn from what you're doing. And this approach to measurement brings passion, energy, innovation, uh, to Patagonia that really enables it to stay on the cutting edge of their business, of their industry. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's so funny. I've, I've listened to you guys and talking with you guys today. It, you know, all of this stuff seems so simple, right? But there's so many companies that just don't do it out there. Um, it, it just is. Um, for those of you listening today, uh, there are many more examples of companies in the article that appeared in our November issue of Supply Chain Management Review. Um, if you're interested in that, learning more um, or getting more in-depth coverage from global thought leaders like Stan and Mike, uh, you can go to scmr.com and you subscribe. Um, these are paywalled articles, so you, you will need to subscribe in order to get access to them. Um, but you can really learn a lot by some of this stuff and, and some of these people. Um, Stan and Mike are great examples of some of the people we have in the publication. Um, and this topic is, is a really good one. And like I said, lots of examples in the article uh, that you can learn from and can take away. Um, thank you, Stan and Mike. Thank you both for joining me today. I really appreciated the time and, the, and your time and uh, the conversation. Um, Thanks. We, so, uh, Thank you to all of you out there as well. Uh, thank you for taking time out of your day to listen to us today. Until next time, this is Brian Strait, and you have been listening to Talking Supply Chain. Talking Supply Chain is produced by Supply Chain Management Review and Peerless Media. You can find it on scmr.com, supplychain247.com, iTunes, Google Podcasts, or wherever you find your podcasts. For more information on this topic or to sign up for our weekly newsletter, a print or a digital subscription to our publication, visit scmr.com. We hope you will join us for our next episode. For Supply Chain Management Review, I'm Brian Strait, and thank you for listening.